Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And it's always a pleasure every week to spend a, a good chunk of time with uh, my friend Neil Coulong. Welcome. Thank you for having me as always. It's, uh, it is definitely the highlight of my Tuesday. I know that. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Always enjoy it. Uh, the Antonio Brown thing came up this week. Uh, I'd like to retire a Steeler. And I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. I got all these young players around here. I'm going to subject them to him. Uh, how do you view it? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, it, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. I, yeah, I think, yes, though, there is. <laughs> I, I think, though, in all honesty, that the surface level is the appropriate view for this. I think he was in town promoting something. I think he wanted to, to connect with the fans that he does have here and express some positive sentiment in a, a, a situation that, in, in all honesty, just knowing Antonio Brown, I really don't... I, I'm not convinced he feels his departure and his actions that came and, and went with his departure were all that big of a deal. I think he just doesn't recognize it as being a, a, a substantial problem in the eyes of a lot of fans. And I heard about it because usually what I say, and I, I've said this since, since the beginning of it, we're going to regret this. Everybody involved with this is going to regret this in, in some way, shape or form, because this is the best environment for him. It's the best offense for him. He's had all of his success here. Everything that he knows as a pro football player is in Pittsburgh. And every side of this is going to lose by him leaving. And that, that's really what's happened. I mean, he can't say that he's had it, anywhere close to the success that he had in Pittsburgh, um, financially or in, in terms of his production. Right. It's not even close. Um, the Steelers got significantly worse as an offensive team since he left. And I, I understand that in 2019, you got what five and a half quarters out of Ben Roethlisberger, but right. they would have been able to make a play or two if Brown was on the field uh, during that season. Even, the even, whole du- thing, even duck Hodges would have, I, I think duck Hodges. Yeah. Could, okay. All right. I say this loosely. He might've been able to throw a couple five and a half yard you know, near, crossing pattern throw. near him. Yeah. I got you. That's the thing with Brown. And this is a conversation I I got into with somebody in the media yesterday about it. It, it, There is a difference, obviously, in in terms of the regulation of the game um, from 40, 50 years ago compared to now. Receivers are given a lot more room. They're given a lot more um, ability to make plays. But just because it was far harder for receivers back in the day to get open off the line should not discount the fact that after the catch is just as important as before it. Yeah. While today's game highlights that more, yep. it isn't, it, 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 you can't just say, well, the defensive backs could beat him up down the field. All right, fine. It, it, it's not too hard either to scheme guys open underneath, which it, it's not a new concept either. They did that plenty. They could hit them up to five yards. If you could stop a guy at the line from catching a three-yard pass, you, you are within the rules to do that. So it, it's not a rule change issue. The point being, it, Antonio Brown 
is, in, in my opinion, the best open field receiver I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, yeah. top to bottom, is better, and his longevity it brings that out. But it, it, Brown is legitimately, in my opinion, one of the five best Steelers players in history. No receiver in the history of the game put together as long of a streak as Brown did. And that, that six-year stretch that he had from, from 2013 to 18, it would have been longer, in my opinion, if, mm-hmm. if he continued playing in Pittsburgh. Right. Things went south. It, it's, it's awful in, in many ways. It, it just shouldn't have happened the way that it did. If he wants to retire a, steal, a stealer, I don't blame him for that. I mean, I, I think it's fairly obvious that it would be kind of a symbolic gesture. I mean, I, I once saw um, Joey Porter and Willie Parker honored at the 50-yard line of Latrobe Stadium during the Friday night game. I mean, what what level of value does this really have? I don't think it's all that significant. It's not that big of a deal for him to say that. I mean, I, I think it's it's just a combination of Brown just kind of being like that. I I really don't think he feels anything significant happened by it. He wanted out. That's what he wanted. He got it. He's not listening to anything else. That that's probably an error on his part. But for him to make that comment, I don't think it goes any further than. He has good memories of Pittsburgh. I, I think he's aware that um, his production, his success came uh, from the, the Steelers. I mean, it's not all him and it's not all Ben. It's not all anybody. It, it, it's, it's the collaboration of all of them that led to it. But Brown had a historic run through the NFL, something that, frankly, not many Steelers players on, on the same level have, have done or have come even close to. So it, it, to me, I get where the sentiment would come from. I think he is somebody, unfortunately, that is never going to be viewed in a positive light in Pittsburgh again. But it, you're going to have to look long and far to match the production that that man had. And I, I understand the anger. I understand the bitterness. But mm-hmm. that doesn't change what, what he did and how skilled of a player he was. Uh, no, no, no question he's skilled. Uh why had he openly says he'd love to go to the Ravens? Why doesn't that happen, especially with Hollywood Brown now in Arizona? Um, <laughs> just lobbing me a softball. I know I am. Uh, I, I know, I, but my idea is that I do this for a reason, right? How many How many home runs can you hit? That's what I do. <laughs> On this, I could go for days. One of my favorite topics is talking about how or what it is that the Ravens are scouting at the wide receiver position. Right. Um, I, I think there are, there are challenges that come with having Antonio Brown on your team. I think that it, it, it might, they might not feel it as uh, the best environment for either side for him to be in. He can certainly be productive. And even to this day, he's still the best receiver that they have right. that they haven't signed. Um, the fact that they wouldn't, though, is really on brand for them as far as they don't want, seemingly want to bring in veteran receivers who are worth more than $3 million a year. Right. And sometimes they pay more than that and get less than that. In fact, that seems to be standard operating procedure for them. I, I, I don't... We go around the league. Maybe this is a fun June conversation to have, but I'm not trying to be snarky. I legitimately feel this way. <laughs> I'm not sure there are many examples in the NFL of one team so poorly evaluating one position 
Yeah. Over and over. And I over. agree with you on that. The Ravens, the absolutely. Ravens. I agree. They, they, they brilliantly look at running backs. They brilliantly look at offensive line. They brilliantly look at tight ends, and they do a lousy job at wide receiver. They still evaluate wide receivers like it's 20 years ago. Yes. I, I don't understand. I, I will say all this here. Let me preface this. I'm a big Rashad Bateman fan um, from Minnesota. I watched him his mm-hmm. college career. He, he's going to be a good player, or at least he should be. Yeah. It worries me that he's with Baltimore because he should be a better player. And I think it, it is nothing but good business for them to have traded away Marquise Brown, who I personally think is not even close to worth what he thinks he's worth. Right. I wouldn't even want the guy on my team, let alone right. need to pay him a, a, an elevated level. Smallest catch radius in the game. Um, he, he's not mm-hmm. even remotely tough. He doesn't make challenging plays. I, I, I wouldn't want to pay the guy a lot of money. I can find a lot of him. You know, I, I yeah. dealers repeatedly do that in second and third round. I don't know why right. Arizona would want to give up a one for him at all, but that, that's, that's their problem. That's another issue for another day. Um, that's kind of what I mean though. I, I don't understand why the Ravens, um, can't make hay out of pretty much any receiver that they bring in on a, a more prominent level, unless they are an aged veteran that they're going to feed the ball to 130 times. Eventually Steve Smith is going to make plays, but in Baltimore, I mean, they're almost to the point of making a statue for Steve Smith because he made a right. pro bowl. Right. I mean, exactly. that's, that's how receivers starved they are. Yeah. Um, the fact that the Steelers signed miles Boykin, who was a player I absolutely hated coming right. out of the draft. I, I was, Lord, that they took him in the third round. He was a seventh round guy. His film was bad, and frankly, the literally the one catch he made last last season, his third year in the NFL, probably suggests that 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 wasn't too far off of an evaluation. I didn't talk to anybody that thought he would have been a third round guy. Yeah. Why did the Ravens take him in the third round? I I have no clue. They they don't seem to have a very consistent or very detailed process on uh, evaluating receivers um we'll, we'll see and, you know like i said i i really like bateman i think he's got a great skill set for for any offense um he should be able to make plays and uh one of the side benefits of of getting a first round pick for for hollywood brown um is that, is that gives them you know a little bit more space to to make bateman a high target guy and i think that's going to be their plan this year yeah yeah, and plus they could scout the USFL and get a whole bunch of wideouts. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> They're interchangeable. You could go from you could go from I mean, the Pittsburgh Maulers to the Baltimore Ravens. They and they act. See, that's the part that gets me. I know there are a lot of wideouts. They act like it's an interchangeable part. I'm like okay, all right. <laughs> I, I yeah, I just I don't I don't understand. I, I I'll say this though. I mean, Mark Andrews is most underrated player in the NFL. I think he, he's absolutely awesome. phenomenal. Yep. And he makes up for a great number of sins. But that's a bad offense with an all-pro tight end. Yeah. It's making plays left, right, and center all over the field. Mm. How hard is it to find one guy that could run yeah. counter to that? I mean, you really should be able to do that by now. Um, I, I understand that Lamar Jackson is not the, the pure passer like Peyton Manning was, but he's, he's good enough to, to make plays down the field if you give him a, a bit of hell. And I, I don't think that they've done a very good job of doing that to put it mildly, but you know, I, their, their offensive line, I think will be better if, if uh, 
hopefully for his sake, Ronnie Stanley can, can stay healthy and get out there. Um, Tyler Linderbaum is, is a phenomenal player, uh, certainly for what they do. Yeah. If anything, Steelers fans right. would be really upset that they got yeah. that guy. He's no, perfect no. for that. I mean, that was, that was a very savvy first-round pick. There's no getting around yep. it. Same thing they, in safety. Same thing with Hamilton. In, in Hamilton, my favorite player in the draft, should yeah. not have been available at, at 14, in my opinion. Right. But Linderbaum, more than anything, put it in this context, you essentially traded um, a, a, a all-in-all useless receiver with little heart, not a whole lot of guts, and not a lot of playmaking ability. A guy that dropped more passes I agree than with you. touchdowns last totally year. Totally agree with you. For a, a, a guy that in that offense is going to be an all-pro player in yep. two years. Yep, I agree. And you get to pay the center who's going to impact their entire line a huge amount. You get to pay him a, a, a fraction of what the Cardinals are going to pay yep. Hollywood Brown the next two years. That's right. It's an incredible move. And then on top of that, you also got Kyle Hamilton. I think is, is yeah. going to be early on one of the best all-around safeties mm-hmm. in the game. And, and, and they know. a beast. And after having read all those years, they know how to use a guy like that. Yep. Uh, look, okay, so now that the schedule release happened, and I will freely admit I literally watched um, zero minutes of it, uh, despite the fact that it was on three different channels. It's on three different channels. I'm saying like it's on three channels. How did, now that you know the order of games, what do you think of the Steelers? Honestly, most of my time with the schedule release comes into memorizing it. It's a lot easier to, to be able to recite things when you know yeah. um, the week, the time, everything like that. Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of it is what it is. I mean, I guess the main thing that I would look at. <laughs> I is love. So I love it. Whoever, he and I feel the same way. It is what it is. So he and I feel the same way about the it. Bengals, opening against the Bengals kind of sucks, but yeah. playing at Cincinnati wasn't going to be fun, no matter what week it was in this year. That's a tough team to beat. Um, we saw that last year when Cincinnati won something like seven hundred ninety-eight to ten or whatever it was in two games. Um, in week eighteen. Uh, against Baltimore, that's interesting. They don't play, you know, Baltimore in Week 18. Um, it seems as often as they play Cleveland, right. so um, that's interesting. You know, their back schedules loaded up a little bit uh, with with their division games, which I think is um, that that seems to happen for most teams. So I I, I think it, all in all, you, you really kind of count the prime time games when they have four. I think it was one a month mm-hmm. is what I I figured on. Yeah. Um, they tend to just crush Miami every time they play in primetime, so that's kind of nice. Um, Colts in primetime, if you want to talk about Antonio Brown, go back and watch Antonio Brown versus Indianapolis. Anytime the sun is not high in the sky, he put up yeah. 11 for 230 and yeah. 4 every single game. Crushed them. Just shredded that team. Yeah. Glory days. But, yeah, a different Colts team. I don't know how good they'll be. We'll, we'll figure that out. But, um, yeah, it was it – was, uh, Pretty much what I expected to be um, a bye week, seventeen games. Um, they're going to play three of those teams twice each, and we knew who the other ones were. I, I don't really think the mat, the, the order of it is is really all that important. Exactly. To be honest, I, it, exactly. It's, it's not. We just we we want to immediately jump into these in factors in in cosmetic nature more than anything else know. you know, know. well the weather is going to be bad when they play the jets that's better for them and like no it really doesn't yeah, matter I'll, the I'll, fields are heated it's not nearly as cold I, down there as you think it is i'll, it, I'll, it, I'll give you a great story about that 1981 penn state was going to play alabama bear bryant 
Okay, so it's Bear Bryant, Joe Paterno. In November of 81, they're going to play here. And I'm thinking, they're going to come up here and they're going to freeze. And the temperature was in the 50s that day. <laughs> perfectly like, fine. Okay, perfectly fine. <laughs> completely gone. I mean, Bear's got a jacket on, took it off, it's going to get kind of warm. Okay, yeah. It's like, so you never yeah, know it, about it, that it, stuff. Exactly. It, exactly. And I, to, to, to reference the Dolphins again, the, the monsoon that came through Pittsburgh right after they laid the turf. Yes. That created that, that three to nothing yes. <laughs> mud bowl game in yes. Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> which was one of the all time highlight games in, in NFL history, I'm sure. But it, it, that can happen any week against any opponent. Anywhere. Yes. We, we have no idea. Uh, right. If and when it does, I promise you, we weren't talking about the risk of adverse weather in September and October in Pittsburgh uh, against anybody. And if and when it does happen, deal with it. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As Mike Tomlin would say, we do not care. It, it's it's not going to to impact nearly as much. Uh, as the ability of your teams, or how about this? We can't predict a quarterback injury. You know, mm-hmm. do, do you think you're worried about playing New England if, if Mac Jones isn't playing? Right, exactly. I'm not sure how worried about that you are anyway, but I have no clue who Mac Jones' replacement is now. So whoever that is is probably not all that good in, in NFL standards. So you can't predict a lot of this stuff. Um, that is to say, you can bank on playing an NFL schedule over 17 games, and there's a lot more parity in this league than we think that it is, mm-hmm. that, that there is certainly in May when we think that everything is set and this team's going to go 13-4. and four. And now it, it will, we'll see where the cards fall uh, when the season starts, but there's a lot that's going to happen between now and kickoff. Always a pleasure, sir. You make the Tuesday better. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys.